Well, so my name is Sean. I live in Florida, which doesn't have like a big libertarian platform, except we do have some good names in here. Like I know Tom Woods lives over here in or like near Orlando. Pretty, it's a swing state. Leans kind of red here lately, but uh, it's not been as bad as like other states have been, like New York, California, whatnot. But um, more about me is I, I work in CAD. I'm going to school for engineering, probably mechanical engineering. So nothing political. I don't think I'd ever run for office unless it was a goof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to tell you, CAD was like one of my favorite classes in school. I took it just because it was available and it seemed really interesting to me. And I did construction for a while after that. And the base knowledge of of CAD really helped me when I was doing any type of construction on, on anything. Like it's, a, it's really valuable. What? Yeah, it's essentially like the same thing here. I was always interested in computers and electronics, engineering, stuff like that. Um, I went to college and I was originally going to become a nurse because I went on a mission trip to Puerto Rico and it just like really filled my heart, like wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I should become a nurse. You know, there's a demand for male nurses, whatever, because I just want to, everything wants to be diverse now. So I knew I had a job. Um, but then like, halfway i was almost i was about to apply for the nursing program and i was like i'm not sure if i want to be in school for the rest of my life because (laughs) my stepmom's a nurse you know and she just signed up for her master's and i'm so i'm like i kind of just want to get a job and enjoy myself i don't don't want to be in school until until i'm 50 so i was like i'm gonna find something else so then i stopped wanting to be a nurse and then i was like well i want to help people but so I wanted to get into law enforcement because I disagreed with a lot of stuff with law enforcement. I flip, I flip flop more than Kamala Harris, you know, <laughs> my political leanings. Yeah. So, you know, when I was in early high school, total lefty, not even left. I wasn't involved. I was just kind of like following the waves, you know? Yeah. Following what my friends wanted to do. So I was lefty and then I went hard, right. And then I went, left again and then now i'm in the middle you know because i'm not one of those i don't stick to anything if i hear some information i like it sounds nice i'm gonna make my own decisions i've never been one to like follow anything but you're not just stuck on a team all the time and you gotta be happy with with whatever that team wants to do at that time i was about to sign up (laughs) for the air force my dad's like are you sure about that you get a real problem with authority i'm like oh you're right but yes like i said i disagreed with some of the with like some law enforcement stuff so i was like well i want to help people so maybe i can do it from the inside so i signed up to to be law enforcement in florida hillsborough county is one of the the seventh largest county in the country so that or they have the seventh largest police force i guess is what they said okay so it's very hard to get into i did some training you know uh just physical like um physical uh yeah just pt trying to get in shape I passed the written test, physical test, did all the other, all the fun stuff. And I got to the background check and they're like, you're 19. No, I was like 20 at the time. And they said, you're 20. You just got out of high school. None of this stuff that you just told me disqualifies you, but it doesn't look good. (laughs) Cause like someone I was with got in trouble. So through association, I also got that, got in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Did all the volunteering and stuff to get it off my record or expunged. So technically off my record i was a pretty good kid pretty good grades but 
I was like, they're like, when's the last time you smoked? And I was like, oh, maybe like high school party. And he was like, you got a high, you got a high school two years ago. And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, so that's the th- it's three years you can't do any, you can't smoke or anything like that. And I'm like, he's like, you just disqualified yourself. Oh man. But like, it was like the month before that. I kind of just lied a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to go in law enforcement. Uh, he told me to come back in a year. Um, then I just switched up and said, you know, I'm going to go into engineering. I've always been a math guy anyways. So now I'm going to school for engineering and getting associates in CAD right now. Um, now I'm going to go to mechanical when I'm done with that. Uh, so how did you, uh, how, how'd you grow up? Like where, where is your family? Were they political at all? Were they leaning on any kind of side? Uh, did you grow up, uh, you know, wealthy or in the middle or how, how was that? I would want to say middle, maybe lower middle. I, I didn't, I didn't notice any struggling. So I guess that means something. Um, you know, my dad, he worked hard. He had this, he was, had the same job for about 15 years. So, uh, he, that was pretty secure. You know, I always had my own room and stuff. I was the only child for quite a while. So like, it was never really, I guess, yeah, we didn't struggle. I would just say lower middle where, you know, all my needs were met pretty much as far as political, it's 100% apolitical. For my family, pretty much. Um, dad never talked about politics. Mom never talked about politics. They separated once three. Um, so yeah, like I didn't I didn't learn anything about politics until, you know, they started teaching it in school, like history classes and stuff. You know, I voted in the mock elections in elementary school. I didn't know for, you know what I mean? I yeah. voted for Obama because I said he was a cool guy. <laughs> in in oh eight. Um I was I was pretty sure. No, I was in middle school in oh eight. So I think I voted for Bush in elementary school. So you, your vote for your mock vote for Obama was more just because he seemed seemed like a pretty cool dude. It's interesting because when Obama first came out uh, and was talking about running, I wasn't into politics really at all yet, and I actually was like, yeah, I can't, that guy, what he's saying sounds pretty good. I kind of feel like maybe I I should vote. I've never even thought about it before at that time. I'm like, yeah, that that sounds pretty good. Now. I didn't, but yeah, I totally get that idea. Like he just, he seemed cool. Yeah. He just, he seemed, he seemed like a good guy. Like I said, Oh eight, I was in eighth grade pretty much. No, I was, I was in middle school. A little, so I didn't, you know, my say didn't mean anything, but they said he was a cool guy. So we had a mock election Oh eight too. So I voted for, for him. And it wasn't until 2012 when um he ran against Romney was, I was hanging out with my friends and they were just like, yeah, Obama's cool. Romney's a racist. And I was like, Oh, okay. So we went and ripped up Romney signs out of people's yards. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Well, I mean, the guy's a racist. How are you not going to rip up his signs if he's a racist? I mean, come on. Yeah, My, my <laughs> friends told me to do it. They said he was a bad guy. So I was just like, whatever. So yeah, 2012, I still thought Obama was a uh, pretty cool. And um, I like the fact that, you know, obviously race shouldn't be a a qualifier, but I thought it was cool that we were diversifying our uh, presidential selection. Mm -hmm. So I thought all that was cool. Like I said, it wasn't until 2016 when I pretty much got roped into it. You know, it was like everyone I know before 2016 was not political. And as soon as, you know, Trump made the announcement and then the media started doing their thing, was and everyone got roped in. Everyone had to pick a side. 
everyone, you know, it's either this or you're that, who you believe or who you are voting for is how you, you know, is your character as a person. So I kind of roped us all in. Now, what made you school. what made you decide on the on the Trump side when you did feel like you had to pick a side? So I want to say early high school freshman um, sophomore year was I was pretty I was pretty left was because my friends were that way and I was seeing you know Michael Brown like the hands up don't shoot and all that stuff and I was like this is terrible I was on Facebook I followed like police the police and you know mm-hmm. all those pages where all they do is share videos of cops shooting people and stuff like that so that like really influenced me and I was like I was pretty hard like anti-police even though I'd never had like a bad interaction with them even before that point uh, but I was pretty like anti-police at that point and then like in my sophomore year or no, my junior year, when that stuff happened, when the media went like far left and everything, I was just like, I can't follow along with this. I can't go this far left. You know what I mean? So yeah. then I just started actually doing my own research, started reading about stuff, you know, was reading about the stuff that Obama had actually done that I wasn't paying attention to, reading about Clinton, you know, actually like doing my own research. I was like, holy shit, like I can't, I can't, you know, be on this side so i wouldn't say i went hard right but i was pretty stout you know i voted for trump in 2016 they just went too far left for me and i feel like a lot of people was the same thing and it's only getting worse uh what so you went you went for trump in 2016 and now uh, in your email you said you're uh, you've moved towards the libertarian party and you got a flag right there so jorgensen flag right there what is it that pushed you that direction so after the 2016 election i was still on that side and i was doing my own research but i was still falling for it i was still falling for the like we have to defend the confederate flag and i was like pro confederate flag like don't tear down the monuments and you know just pretty much if you see a a meme that was made by a boomer it pretty much (laughs) told you what you needed to know and i was following that and then so in a couple of years after election, I was just like, Trump just kept saying dumb shit. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what the, nope, totally fine. What the language no rules. is. So he just kept saying dumb stuff and he just kept saying stuff I didn't like. And I just kept defending him and defending him, defending him. And I'm just like, this is getting old. Like how long can I like, how long can I defend him for saying this dumb stuff and doing stuff I don't like? you know, banning the bump stocks and all that stuff. And I was like, I thought he was pro second amendment. Like, you know, I was just like, what am I supposed to do? Like, come on. And so I just, it was so hard to defend him. And then that's when like on Facebook, I think it was like 2018, like the Boogaloo memes were coming out, you know, Boog boys and all that stuff. And I was like, Ooh, this is pretty cool. Like edgy. <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to go be, um, get some hot takes out there yeah (laughs) so i was i was doing some i was in like those reading all the memes and then i was just like you know what i don't have to i don't have to be one or the other i can think for myself i can think on my own i can support having peace officers but also think that there needs to be criminal justice reform and um you know i called them peace officers because that's what they should be they shouldn't be police officers they shouldn't Mm be you know tracking you down like and sitting on the side of the road with a radar gun they shouldn't you know, be they should be there they when you be need offensive them. like they are right now they should be uh, right you know keeping the peace <laughs> yeah so i got 
I got tired of defending things I didn't really believe. So that's when I started looking into other things and I saw libertarians and then, you know, like vermin supreme and all them put me off and I'm like, what the heck? And then just doing more research is when like I saw the libertarian party was, you know, pro LGBT. I'm like, yeah, I think my gay, my gay friends should have their rights. You know what I mean? I think trans people should have their rights. And then they're like pro second amendment. I was like, I do like my guns. (laughs) You know, I like that. And, you know, know, uh, the tax stuff I I agreed with everything they said. I mean, free market, you know? So yeah, like I just started doing my own research, you know, started joining like the groups and stuff where they shared, you know, stuff that wasn't totally biased. So that's pretty much how I got into being a libertarian was just thinking for myself. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to defend a person, you know, if Jorian says says something I don't like, I don't have to defend it. You know, I can say, you know, that's her, that's her views, not mine. Whereas when I was supporting you know, Trump, it was like, uh, you know, well, he, he kind of didn't really mean that, you know, if you look at it, he kind of looked like he was being sarcastic. So you can't really take it at face value. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just stopped pretty much believing in the two party system. Really. I have an uncle that's from England and he's like, yeah, we've, we haven't had two parties for decades. Yeah. That you see in other countries, when you look at how their, their parliaments or whatever are made up, I mean, there's a lot more than just one or two parties in there they've they've got several actually making up everything and yeah that that would be pretty nice (laughs) i've always been about i guess i've always been a contrarian pretty much it's like when i don't have a problem with authority but i also won't blindly lead anything yeah so when they're like hey there's more than just republican and democrat i'm like okay let's see what this is about so that's pretty much me just not wanting to be different, but just not wanting to have to, you know, toe the lines that everyone else does pretty much. One thing I thought was real interesting, I didn't know how the timeline worked out, but you talked about how you were really, really anti-police there for a little bit. And you'd also talked about how you had tried to join law enforcement and you, you mentioned trying to change it. Were you still, did you still have a feeling of kind of anti police at the time you thought about joining law enforcement or had you kind of switched it up at that time i'd switched it up because uh i was pretty anti-police like in my junior and no my freshman and sophomore years like um before the 2016 election and then after i graduated and we were and i voted for trump was when i was pretty much more like you know these people are humans like you know, I was falling for the narrative where they would just clip out videos of police being like bad, bad people that are cops doing bad things. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I was just like, I was like, Oh wait, I'm falling. I'm falling for this narrative. So that's, that's when I stopped doing that was, was less, I was stopped to being anti-police because I stopped falling for that narrative. And then I wasn't, pro police per se but i was more like we can't hate these people for picking a job that they know is dangerous and it's like the way that they're trained is why is the reason that they act the way that they do it's not because people are on power trips you know what i mean it's like only only people who get bullied want to be an officer you know what i mean like you see those memes and stuff but it's like no they're trained like that because i went through the physical training 
uh, before the background checks and like they're trained to always have a hold of the situation. They're trained that they're supposed to have a grasp on everything. So I can understand and see it from their point of view as to why sometimes they can act like dicks. Yeah. That's when, that's when I tried to join in like 2018 was when I, 2018, I think, or maybe 17 was when I tried to join. And like I said, they didn't really deny me. They just told me that like, I just need to get a couple years under my belt because I was the youngest one applying. And they're like, you know, your, your high school wild days are going to catch up to you if you apply right now. It's a good point that they're not the, the way that you said it, that there were bad people who, who were police that did bad things. And then also, I don't think anyone really knows how they would react in a moment where they think that their life's being threatened. I think everyone's got an idea of like this, this, uh, this kind of movie action hero idea of how they would act in that moment or get away from it. But I really, I tried to imagine what it would be like to just the simple act of walking up to a car that you just pulled over. I mean, anything can happen in that moment when you're walking up to the side of someone's car and that's all day for, for those guys. So I really like your thinking on it because you can be a libertarian and you could want the police to be peacekeepers and not be out there hunting for people all the time. And also know that these are just people who are in this scenario and, and uh, I don't think it means that they're all just terrible guys or anything. I think they're just humans that are put in a scenario that hardly anyone's really ever put in on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 why I feel the way that they do. I, I know a lot of libertarians, you know, from on social media are very anti-cop. We've seen a lot of people like ACAB, like all cops are bastards and stuff like that. And I just can't subscribe to hating everyone, hating humans for a profession that they chose and it's not like police officers is not like an author authoritarian idea it's literally we need someone to investigate crimes you know what i mean mm -hmm. we need people out there i can't go when you know if i see somebody or if i hear that somebody there's a hit and run i can't go stop them you know what i mean that's i'm not well and even if you do then, then any, you you become the, if, if police officers are authoritarian, I mean, if you go stop them, then you become the authoritarian allegedly at that time. Like it does, if you bust it all the way yeah. down to a, an anarchist society where there's no government, the people are still going to appoint someone who has some type of power to, to disarm a, someone who's trying to murder someone or someone who just stole from someone. Like there's going to be some type of redress against other people. And those people, we can call them something else other than police officers, but that's pretty much what they're going to be. They're, they're going to be the same thing. Yeah. I mean, if anyone commits a crime, you go to stop them. What are you? I mean, yeah. you're a peace, you're a peace officer yeah. without a badge, you know what I mean? Or you're trying to, you know, enact justice and that's pretty much all they're doing. Well, I guess that's the, that's the legal system. They're just trying to stop it before yeah. it happens and investigate it. Yeah. I think where it becomes a problem is when you add on, you know, I think cops are, I hate to use the word victims, but I would say they are victim to the amount of laws that we have on the books that they're trying to enforce all the time. Like the, when it comes to all the drug laws and all kinds of other petty laws where they have, they, they've got a, you know, they can, they can probably write someone a ticket for something or take them in for something. Anyone that they see, they could probably find something. And I just think that the, you know, that, that law book could probably, probably be, taken down by about 90% and the police officers could spend their time on 
peacekeeping instead of hunting. And that would be a pretty, pretty good idea for them. Yeah. I mean, I had this conversation with my dad because my dad's Democrat. And, you know, when I was full Trump, I, like social media and stuff, he never said anything. He just didn't approve, you know, but he never, we never like butted heads over it. But like we went on a family vacation a few weeks, a couple months ago and we went to Tennessee. So we got some Tennessee moonshine. Nice. And uh, we were up till six in the morning drinking moonshine, talking. And he was, he was pretty much had the same narrative that you always hear is about like, oh, like racism and the, and the justice system. And I said that cops aren't, um, I said cops aren't racist. And he was like, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta see that more black people die um, at the hands of officers. And I'm like, yeah, but is that true? Like, is it, is the, are the police racist or do we have, laws that target minorities based on economic situations like selling loose cigarettes like the whole the origin of like the i can't breathe was i forget his name but it was that he was that man that was eric Eric garner correct i told him i was like eric garner wouldn't be dead if we didn't have arbitrary laws not allowing to sell loose cigarettes like we already have a government agency like the fda that approves the sale of those cigarettes. So why can't I take it out and sell approved cigarettes to other people? At a, I can buy a 12 pack, put it in the vending machine and sell individual like Cokes. Mm-hmm. I was like, Eric Gardner wouldn't be dead if we didn't have these arbitrary laws. And he was saying, and like, he just didn't have an answer. And I'm like, it's not, we don't have a police problem. We have an authoritarian government with thousands of federal law problems. Yeah, and the one thing you said is, I think, right on the money, which is that it's not that the cops are racist, it's that it's people who are in low-income, low-economic status are going to be the ones that are going to have run-ins with police when it comes to selling drugs or selling loose cigarettes or uh, any any number of things. Heck, a, a taillight being out because they couldn't fix it or, or, or something like that. There, you're going to be more likely to have a run-in with a cop if you're in a low, a lower economic situation. And minorities are more likely to be in that lower economic situation. So therefore, they're going to be kind of, if you're imagining, you said you're a math guy. So if you're imagining like a, a, taking a sample rate of, of these people, like when, you, when you have more minorities in that low economic status, it's, those are going to be the people that the cops are sampling more when they're when they're when they're having their run-ins with people it's really we said on the podcast a bunch of times like it's an economic problem that we have right now not it's not a it's not a racism problem it's it's economics and and we have too many laws you know the eric gardner thing that really stems from the fact that new york has crazy taxes on cigarettes and they don't want people getting cigarettes from somewhere else and selling them loose like that because they want to be able to tax all those cigarettes when they're doing that. I mean, people do it all the time. Yeah. I'm from Illinois originally and taxes. I mean, the pack of cigarettes ends up being like 15 bucks in Chicago. And what ends up happening is people go across the borders to the other States and, and buy their cigarettes. And yeah, people, people sell them to other people and stuff too. So they don't have to travel outside of the state to get them. And you end up with these laws because the government wants to make sure they can collect their taxes on it. It's pretty crazy. You said your dad wasn't super, super political. Did, did he get more political, out like outgoing political when the when Trump came in the office or was running? No, my dad's still pretty apolitical. He doesn't talk. He doesn't post any politics. He doesn't share any politics. He's not heavy on social media. He's pretty anti-Trump. 
Um, he's not pro Biden. Um, he's a pretty reasonable guy. He feels pretty strongly in his beliefs, just like I do. Uh, he's just not vocal about it because he knows that there's more important issues in life to not ruin friendships with that stuff. So we, I mean, when we went on that deep dive all night long talking about this stuff, he was like dumbfounded when I told him that there's not rampant racism in the streets. He's like, how can you say that? And I'm like, these people, we would know if there was rampant racism, if these people would stop dying because of, you know, these arbitrary laws. Mm-hmm. Then we, like, we can't even know if racism is an issue until we, you know, stop jailing, putting so many people in jail. And it's like, you know, the same thing, like you said earlier, is that there's a higher percentage of minorities that are in lower economic positions and who goes to jail more often than not is people that are in lower economic positions. Cause for one, maybe they have to do something because they don't have the money. Maybe they have to, maybe they have to shop with something because they can't afford it. That gets them in jail. Um, you know, drugs and alcohol that gets them in jail. And it's like, everyone's like that meme. It was like speeding straight to jail, music too loud, straight to jail. It's like, we wouldn't have, you know, we would be able to tell if there was a racism problem, if we would stop putting all these people in jail and then blaming it on racism. But it's really just laws that target economic situations. Not only that, I think more people end up in prison that are minorities that uh, due to the lower economic status because of things like uh, they, maybe if you're lower economic status, you can't afford the bail. You can't afford the better lawyer. You end up getting the public defender. It's a, an amazing argument for private versus public, by the way, if you look at defenders. Um, the public defenders are, I think, way more likely to end up with their clients in jail than than a, than a private. And And I think when you're in a lower economic status, you end up with a public defender and you end up spending the time in jail because you can't make your bail. You know, we can talk about talk about whether or not you should be held in a cage because you couldn't pay them to let you out, whether or not that makes any sense. But, um, you know, someone who has money to pay their bail and get out can get out. But if you don't have the money to pay your bail, then you can't get out. And, and that's kind of weird to me. It's a little weird that it's based, it can end up being based on money, literally. Just if you can pay it, you can leave. And if you can't, you have to stay. When you think about it like that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah, to me. I wrote a paper on the bail system. It's just like, it's it, like if you, you're going to sit here unless you can afford to get out. And it's just so discriminatory against if you don't have money. Okay, so you take someone that doesn't have money and you're going to not let them go to work and say, oh, you didn't have enough money. And it's like, that's so like just dumb, really. What about following the narratives is that, you know, in some states they're doing like what they're calling catch and release, you know what I mean, where people are just going out in the streets. And it's, so they demonize a bailless system to try and get people to stick to their side. So like Republicans, like catch and release, these criminals are just getting back out on the streets. And it's like, they're so dug in deep to their team that they won't be open-minded to realize how discriminatory bail is in the first place. Well, and it's a, the same people will argue for innocent until proven guilty and being arrested for something is not is not you being proven guilty yet. You know, that's that's them charging you with a crime, maybe, but you haven't been proven guilty. And it's weird that how can you be held in a cell when your guilt hasn't been proven yet? And so that's that's weird to me, too, unless, you know, yeah, obviously we can you could make exceptions exceptions for are you an immediate harm to people like did you did did someone just witness you 
uh, stabbing someone to death. Well, well, maybe we can we can talk about whether or not you need to be held in the cell until until your court date at the, at that time. But it, drug charges. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that if you're being charged with a nonviolent crime, why are you sitting in a jail system, jail cell? Yeah, you're not a danger to anyone. If it's a nonviolent crime, then how are you? Why are you sitting in a cage to prevent further harm to the public? If you didn't do a crime that harmed the public in the first place. Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, with they'll argue, well, you don't want these people out on the streets. And it's like, okay, so how about, you know, non nonviolent criminals, not, you know, not even criminals, because we don't even know that, but people charged with nonviolent crimes uh, can just go get booked and go home. And then people that are charged with maybe a violent crime, like assault, that's considered violent, isn't it? But like, what, what if someone's like literally threatening, threatening your girlfriend or something and you just punch him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you really a danger to the public? Cause you just punched a guy that was running his mouth. Like, I feel like you should sit there until the next day until a judge can be like, Oh, you know, you just got a little rowdy last night, come back to your court date and we'll, you know, see if there's anything for us to do here. Kind of a a reasonable standard when it comes to that. Like, did you just randomly go out in the public and try to hurt people? Or was there a, did you get rowdy in a bar with someone and they, and ended up pushing someone like that? There's a little bit of a difference there that I think there could be a reasonable standard when it comes to the, to the criminal justice system on that. That's something I think libertarians really need to push on a lot is the criminal justice. And they are, they have been, they they always have. One interesting thing, talking about political parties, you said you looked at the Libertarian Party and um, you mentioned Vermin Supreme kind of holding you off on that. What the, so when you first looked at the Libertarian Party, what kind of were your reservations on that? And then how did you end up getting over that? Well, so I think I first saw Vermin Supreme in uh, 2012. Um, uh, yeah, I saw him in 2012. And I said, what is this funny guy? And I was, I was going to vote for him, you know, just because, like I said, I'm a contrarian. I'll do anything that doesn't go against, that goes against, you know, the mainstream. So I was like, oh, I'll vote for this guy. But I wasn't old enough to vote yet. So so actually, like, I followed him on Facebook. And so I heard of the Libertarian Party. I didn't even realize that it was like a real party. And then in 2016 with Gary Johnson, I really I liked Gary Johnson mainly because he wasn't uh, as like brandish as Trump and he wasn't Clinton. You know, that's a big old gold star for you right there. Mm -hmm. So I liked Gary Johnson. I liked his message. And then so I I had a little bit of an exposure to the Libertarian Party. But after the election, I was like a Trump defender, I guess you could say, just because I didn't see enough of like I didn't cling to anything besides um, I was anti Hillary. Like people are anti-Trump today. So then after that, it was just exposure, really. The more libertarian stuff I saw, the more interested I became in it. Because I think for myself, so when I saw something that was like anti-Trump, I was like, I can agree with that. Or like anti, you know, like I said, I just, I follow my own path. So I wasn't going to cling to, to facts that only supported the, like my narrative or not the narrative of the party so when i saw libertarians you know memes stuff on facebook reddit stuff like that and like joined the groups and the subreddits and started like reading the platforms probably in like 08 i mean in 2018 obviously there, there was no head of the party at that point because in between election years it was just um pretty much i i stopped liking either party democrat and republican 
someone's like, you know what, I'm just going to go to this other party. It has all the stuff I agree with. I've just been holding off on so long. How important is it, do you think, that people be willing to research things on their own and think for themselves instead of just listening to whatever the narrative is out there? Like, if you weren't willing to do that, where would you be right now? You know, that's got to be one of the more important qualities for a person. Yeah, I mean, I lean, I lean pretty conservative. I mean, if you look at the political compass, I don't know how accurate that thing is, but I took it and I'm like center right like i'm talking just a couple grids to the right so um i guess i'm not even conservative i'm i'm a centrist with a little bit of a right leaning and then i'm like halfway down the libertarian side yeah. <laughs> as far away from i guess i could be more libertarian but researching stuff for yourself is like of the utmost importance but i'm 25 so my generation is the worst at doing their own research anybody i know just shares memes and believes everything it says you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even before they came out with that, you know, fact check on Facebook, if I saw a meme, I wouldn't share it, you know, or like comment on it. I would literally just go to Google, typed in the fact that it, that it said on the meme, and I'd be like, oh, this is completely false. And it would take me 30 seconds to figure out that that meme is fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people don't take the time. Like, I want to say like 75% of my generation at least doesn't take the time and it's like everyone's everyone's getting worse at that across generations so doing your own research is a quality that has been uh slowly fading away what do you think the that when it comes to political economic all that what do you think kind of the worst quality of your generation is and we're close in generation i mean i'm I'm 33 so we're close but what do you think the worst quality is of, of this generation coming up that leads to all these views in politics i think mainly tribalism most of my friends list is i want to say like you know 40 percent republican 40 percent democrat and then 10 percent libertarian um i've made quite a few friends and i've also influenced a few friends to to ditch you know blindly following a narrative but um my generations i mean i think like the worst quality is still going to be the the tribalism and it's like i have friends that are like my age or younger and they'll they'll share something that's so obviously made up and i'm just like how do you read that and be like oh yeah that looks like that looks that looks true and honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? And also I'm like, how do you read that and be like that's not overtly cyst? It's like I'm like like people will share stuff and it'll be like talking about some like hot topic, like controversial situations, and they're like, it's not racist, blah blah, this and that. And I'm like, literally the meme just the meme you shared is literally covered in racism and i'm like how do you not see it you know what i mean yeah and it's like fault like there's they're blindly following their narrative and you know if they're a republican they'll be like racism doesn't exist you know what i mean and then you know I, if a friend is a democrat they'll share something and be like everything's racist and i'm just <laughs> like how how can you read that and not see it for what it is i think the tribalism is a really bad thing and you people like to group themselves 
in the groups. And unfortunately, when you get into a tribe, actual tribalism normally entails destroying the other tribes. That's why we're doing this series on our podcast is because we're trying to we're trying to stop that. Even if we can't convince people on on political lines, let's at least not hate everyone and think that they're terrible people. Yeah. So one of the ways that people would be upset if I'm going to think along the lines, just say on the on a leftist and, and you're a libertarian, you know, if I said, well, you're a libertarian, so you only care about yourself and you don't care about poor people and you don't, you know, that obviously means you don't care about people being homeless and and not having health care and and people putting food on the table, you know, you're just you're just selfish and 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 that's why you're a terrible person. Like <laughs> what would you have to say back to that? I mean, what I would have to say back to that is I would say you don't even know a shred of my character. You don't know me at all. So it's like a ignorant it's, it's you're doused in ignorance to think that you can understand me as a person just because that I said two words, I'm libertarian. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't know my policies. Maybe I could be a full, full on socialist when it comes on healthcare, but libertarian when it comes to everything else. Like, you don't, so, you know, you're just, you're making assumptions at that point. Um, and I mean, and also I would do my best to tell them that like, not everything's like doomed just because I picked a different party than you like we can still agree on stuff we can talk about stuff we can have debates and come to an agreement you know what i mean one of the issues we have is you're saying like well we can have different disagreements but you know today you have people out there that are putting this message out that people who believe things like we do are literally murderers they'll talk about uh they'll talk about some businesses that make a lot of money or they'll they'll talk about uh, someone in their political beliefs and it seems like they're furthering this idea that you're responsible for the deaths of other people and how do you not that's why i think we lead to why would i be friends with someone who's a murderer why would i be friends with someone who's going to lead to the deaths of all these people i think that's one reason that we've things are getting so so bad right now is I mean, you could even look at coronavirus with what's going on. Like, well, it's now Trump is responsible for the deaths of 217,000 people. And if it weren't for Trump, then those people would still be alive. And so therefore, he's a murderer. And if you follow him or you're on that side or even the libertarian side, well, you're responsible for those people dying. And I have to stop people like you because I don't want those people to die. And then that just leads to this whole civil war that we're trying to stop right now because why would you not want to fight against people who are killing a bunch of other people being open-minded confuses a lot of people nowadays Mm -hmm. so like someone could be like you know trump caused this and i could be like and i would tell them well i mean he didn't leak it out of a lab in china so how did he cause it and then he would say like well he didn't do enough and i said i would tell them he shut down travel when every Democrat told him that that was a xenophobic racist thing to do. And then they, uh, like someone would say um, he didn't do enough for PPE for, you know, medical people. And I would tell them our PPE supplies were left low by Bush and left even lower by Obama during the H1N1 pandemic. And Obama didn't do anything to refill them. So of course we're going to have trouble with PPE. And then, so like those are three things where I just 
you know, I didn't debunk them, but I gave an alternate position that defending Trump. And then they'll say like, well, we need to wear masks. And I'll be like, yeah, we do. And they're like, well, how can you defend Trump and also like be pro mask? And I'm like, because I'll wear a mask inside. I have no problem with that. And it's, it blows people's mind. It blows <laughs> people's minds to be open-minded. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, that's, that's probably, I mean, that's new too, because you can't have your own opinion. You have to follow everything that the two parties say. So I can't defend Trump in one sentence and then, you know, be critical of him in the next. I had that run in earlier with someone because I posted something on our Twitter and I said, that hey, what's the thing that Trump could do? As, you know, hey, libertarians, what's the thing that Trump could do 100% finalized that would sway your vote? I just wanted to know what their main issue was. I'm not trying to get a bunch of libertarians to vote for Trump. I just want to know what the main issue is. What could he do? Is there something that he could do? And someone said he could finally condemn white supremacy. And and then they put vote Jorgensen, vote, vote all this. And I just said that I'm all for criticizing people. We do it all the time. But, it, you know, is that true that he's never condemned it at all? Like, is that a, is that a real thing? Or could you maybe look at some of the look at some of the speeches he's given and hear him do it a bunch of times. And they're like, well, you're not a real libertarian if you're going to be voting for Trump. And I'm like, wait, I didn't say I'm voting for Trump. I, th I didn't say that. Right. I just said that if we're going to criticize people, it needs to be based on truth, like factual information. And like, you can make a bunch of arguments for voting for Joe Jorgensen that don't involve saying that Trump supports white supremacy. <laughs> You know, there's a lot better yeah, arguments uh, than that. And it's like, I just, I just can't understand how many videos I have to pull up of Trump denouncing white supremacy. You yeah. know what I mean? How big of a deal do you think the truth, uh, the willingness to lie about everything the media is playing with all, with all of this? It's, it's honestly terrible because, I mean, you have to believe that a lot of people are like generally like good natured, good hearted people. And so to believe that and then also read stories of like articles of stuff that is completely and 100% made up and fake and biased. And it's like, how are you still supposed to believe that there's like good natured people out there yeah. when the media is doing what they're doing, you know? And it's like, they'll ignore everything to they'll ignore every gaffe, everything Biden says to take a shot at Trump. I have no problem defending Trump and I have no problem defending Biden. Like I'd, I'll defend the truth. So the media plays an, a huge role in the divide today and the tribalism, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'll defend Trump all day long and they'll say, he's a terrible person. I'm like, I can agree. He's not the best person. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, I agree. He hasn't done great things, but what you just said is false. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to let you spread lies. Just being a, being objective about things is, is, uh, is pretty important. Uh, before we finish this up a little bit more on you, like you mentioned you, you thought about becoming a nurse because of your experience in, in Puerto Rico. Um, what was it about what you saw in Puerto Rico that, that made you think that seriously about becoming a nurse? Oh, so I was with my youth group and, you know, I signed up to go on a mission trip to Puerto Rico and it wasn't anything crazy. It was my first one and we were younger, so they weren't going to take us to like Haiti or, or like mid Africa, you know? So they were like, let's start you guys off with something easy. Let's go to Puerto Rico. And so we 
slept in this church and pretty much all we did there was like we cleared the land we repainted the roof resealed the roof and pretty much we were just there trying to help a local church that needed a lot of work and then we went around and we um we sang you know door to door and so it, it wasn't anything crazy but it was just like the entire trip was unending feelings of like joy for helping people and making a positive impact in people's lives so just from that like like i said we didn't do much you know all we did was clear some land paint the roof paint the building fix some stuff you know they just didn't have the manpower or the resources to do it themselves um so it was just i would it filled me so much as a person to help people that I wanted to join a career where I could do that every day. So that's why I wanted to be a nurse. That's why I wanted to be an officer because, you know, at the time I wanted to be an officer, it was a lot of people were, they were getting painted as just terrible people. So I wanted to, I wanted to go there and be the officer that showed you know, if I stopped somebody and they were having a bad day, I wanted to be the good person that they needed that day. Yeah. And yeah. I, a question I ask everyone is if, so right now, if you had the money to fix a problem, like imagine a charity you would donate to or a cause that you would fix and you had enough money to fix it, what would be your, what's your thing that you would that you would try and fix like what's your charity or what's your what's the thing you'd try to fix i would definitely go with criminal justice reform i think that there's too many people in jail um and they're just sitting there with their thumbs up their butts not doing anything when we could have rehab um reforming people you know um people could just um like, I don't think jail should be punishment more as like trying to help society. And so if someone does something that's not like heinous, you know, then they should have a chance to reform themselves and change their actions. And, you know, too many people are in jail for stuff that, that you know, non-violent non crimes, victimist crimes, you know, people that shouldn't be in there. I just feel like it, I mean, yeah, there's not really much more else to say besides criminal justice reform would be the charity I would pick if I could. Do you think people uh, end up coming out worse than they were when they went in a lot of times? The whole, the whole criminal justice system is like made to keep people down. You know, you go to jail and no matter what you went to jail for, no matter what you went to prison for, that's going to make your life harder. You can't get an apartment because when they do a background check, they're not going to sign a lease to you. You can't get a job when they see that you have, you know, a, a record. So what are you, what are you going to do besides be on the streets, you know, with the timer before you head back to jail? And I feel like the whole system, you know, people can say it's systemically racist. It's, you know, made to keep black people down you know people i feel like the whole system shouldn't be in place in the first you know at all mm -hmm. you know obviously we should have criminal justice but i feel like 
it sets people up for failure for the rest of their life if they make one bad one mistake. Yeah, I mean, how do you expect people to actually fix their lives afterwards if they can't get a job and they can't get a place to live? Like, what do you want them to do afterwards? What do you think they're going to do? They're going to do something outside the law when they, when they get out, you know? They're going to do something off the books when when they get out of there. Or they're just going to get a terrible job you know they're they're not going to get they're not going to be able to get a job where you can actually move up and make a decent pay afterwards you know the places that pay really well are going to check all of your background on 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 everything more so than you know a minimum wage job will or or something like that so yeah i mean i think that's that's a really good one and that just kind of shows people you know the stuff that we're talking about is that just because you're a libertarian doesn't mean that you don't actually care about helping people. Actually, what I see is you try to do a lot of stuff that, that goes down the line of, of actually trying to help people, physically trying to help people. Like I have such a big heart for people um, and helping people. And so like you said, if someone says you're a libertarian and I I would say, you know, free, free market capitalism can help a lot of people, they would say, Oh, so you just want, you know, greedy people to take all the money and everyone to make non-livable wages. So you must hate the poor. You must hate people. Like you were saying earlier is what some, some people could say. And it's like, that's the complete opposite. I feel like the system has failed us so much because we won't venture out and try new things like about democrat policies are keeping people of color down democratic economic policies keep minorities down i think republican uh, criminal justice policies keep people that are minorities down really really they both keep people who are in a low economic status down yeah the whole system is made to keep people down pretty much i don't understand half the stuff we do as a as a country